everyone, and welcome to episode 5 of the High Sensitivity Gaming Podcast. Today is April 4th, 2020. On this podcast, we share our opinions and news on reviews of video games and movies we have played or watched this week. My name's Barry. My name's Craig. And let's get started straight with the news category first. All I'll the go news. With my fir- go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> At least this is a little bit better than last week, because last week we only had the Nintendo Mini Direct to talk about. This week we have a not just all Nintendo stuff. I feel like there's more news, but a lot of it's bad. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm going to I'm going to start with what COVID-19 has taken <laughs> from me that I hold so dear. Yep. And it's the fact that Last of Us 2 has been delayed indefinitely. Yep. Uh, sad, sad day. Yeah, this sucks. <laughs> I I really love Last of Us. Uh, the first one, I have pre-ordered the Last of Us 2 edition with the Ellie statue. I don't need the backpack, so I didn't pre-order that one. But the fact that it's delayed indefinitely with no no date or anything about yeah. when it's supposed to come out. I guess this is what's really scary about this entire, you know, sickness and quarantining and working from home. Yeah. I think I first saw it, the news and it just said, uh, last of us two has been delayed. And I was like, Oh, all right, let me see when it got delayed to. And then I saw the indefinite and I was like, are you, are you serious right now? Like it, it should be almost done. I would think. Yeah, there were a couple tweets uh, that came out from Neil Druckmann, who's been writing uh, The Last of Us uh, Part 2. And what what he had said in that tweet was that they, they were pretty much done with the game. They were fixing the final bugs, but they blamed the indefinite delay due to, due to logistics reasons, is what okay. he called it. And I think and, that from what I saw, it was they were worried about getting it to retailers. Is that right? Yeah, they wanted every. He mentioned that he wants everyone to experience the game at the same time. Right. So I think it has a lot to do with the manufacturing of a game, and the fact that a lot of factories in China are closed, or you know, a lot of places around the world are closed right now. Mm-hmm. So, I guess I understand the no timetable part because nobody really knows how long it's supposed to last. Right. But uh, it, it just really sucks. This is a game that. I really looked forward to in May and the fact that it's now delayed indefinitely, you know, there's a lot of stuff that now has to go into it from, okay, what are they going to do with the PS five right. or ghost of Tsushima that comes out in June? Mm-hmm. I would it's, say, I would say that this isn't going to be the last one I would think. So I would almost been mentally preparing myself for uh ghost, ghost to be pushed. Um, probably cyberpunk. You know, I could see a lot of them getting pushed, which is bad, bad news. I think we're going to get to the point. Um, I mean, Final Fantasy was the first one, right? They were kind of worried about physical copies. And that's been kind of evidence. I don't have Final Fantasy pre-ordered. And this week I was like, oh, I should probably try and pre-order it if I want a physical copy. But uh, I can't. <laughs> like everywhere, is, they, they're not letting you. So, Oh, I didn't know that. So yep. you can't. Yeah, that's. Nope. I guess that makes sense. I guess Square Enix is probably going to focus on all the pre-orders that they yeah. have. Yep. You may be able to find a rare copy that isn't uh, pre-order or something like that. Right. And they had that already they had already released it in Australia uh, last week, earlier this week, I think, uh, just to make sure that they got their copies. And then I had also said that they were focusing on the pre-orders first. I also got an email from Gamefly that was like, hey, we see you have 
Final Fantasy in your GameCube because I put every game in there. They're like, hey, we just wanted to let you know that as of this time, we're not sure when we're going to get copies because I think they're kind of bottom of the food chain as far as Square is concerned. Probably. So I think what's going to happen is I'll probably just end up buying that digitally. But I think we may see a lot of games getting pushed and we may get to the point where there may be no games coming out for a little bit. Yeah, I also am interested to see how this affects the PS5 and the Xbox release date. I feel like it's yep. indefinite now yep. that we are going to get delays on these systems. Mm-hmm. Because if if they were to stick to the current release schedule that they have, which for Xbox, as far as we know, is to be released this holiday, and so is most likely the PS5, even though we don't have word on it. Yeah, and they have, you know, Sony is the one who came out and said that they were confident that they could still get it out this holiday, but... Who knows at this point? I don't think it's really up to them. It's up to where they're manufacturing. Yeah, and I think it definitely has to do with, okay, you now have Last of Us Part 2. If it's been delayed indefinitely, you're just going to make this a PS5 launch title at this point. Yeah. At, at least from my point of view, that's what you would do. You think maybe this is a game that gets pushed so far back that it doesn't end up coming out on the PS4? I, I feel like you, if... If they were to announce a date, let's say they delayed it until June or July, mm-hmm. I feel like that would have made sense. But the moment you start getting into August, September, October, you're you are releasing right in front of that uh, new system. And the I know PlayStation doesn't want one of their biggest games to be releasing so close to the new system. I believe, yeah, just from personal opinion. But yep. unless this is just their way of saying that, you know. Last of Us and Ghosts are their launch titles now. Yeah, and I definitely feel if they were to do that, you know, you have, I can't remember the Bioware title that's been announced for uh, for PS5. You'll then have The Last of Us 2 and Ghost of Tsushima, all really good titles. It just kind of sucks that people would have to wait for that, at least that long especially. Yeah, they also had hidden in there that the Iron Man VR game was also postponed indefinitely as well. Not that that's that is, as, as big of a deal, but I know I heard a lot of good things about that. So That is right. I do remember. I, I didn't put that on there, but you're right. The Iron Man VR is uh, deleted definitely as well. Yeah, I think they tried to sneak it in there so that people wouldn't notice. I, again, I don't think anybody's too heartbroken that that game's getting pushed, but I had heard nothing but good things about it. So it's kind of a bummer. Yeah, I'm interested to see what comes after like i feel like we'll start to get news on maybe these two games at the end of april when hopefully like a lot of experts are predicting that this is better hopefully by april no one really knows but yeah i mean there's just i'm i'm just more worried that we're gonna have this this span between now and the fall where there really isn't anything coming out and that would be unheard of for gaming yeah, and it's especially the same thing with movies right now. You're yeah. going to be launching major games, major movie releases, all in that holiday period. And I guess a lot of these people are hoping that uh, we've all recovered economically yeah. from this sickness. Which, mm-hmm. you know, people need more. A lot of people, I think, need more time, especially people who work in restaurants who, you know, they're down to two people because all they do is curbside now. So right. I'm. Yeah. It. We just have to see where it goes from there. Yeah. It's going to be I'll interesting. Let you take, yeah. I'll let, you, I'll let you take the next one. Okay. Um, I have two. The other two that I had besides The Last of Us kind of go together. 
It was one that uh, QuakeCon got canceled as well. Okay. Um, so, I mean, that's a big, big conference they do every year. Uh, it wasn't postponed, just straight up canceled. And then Bethesda also came out and said that they're not doing any digital news event in June around when like the E3 would have been, which is kind of interesting as well. Um, no news as far as like if they're going to do something later, but they just came out and said, hey, we're not doing anything in June. So I don't know if that, that, could, that could also be that they don't know when their stuff's coming out as well. So, Yeah, I'd have to say they probably don't have much to say. They teased Elder Scrolls, of course, during the last D3, yep. but those games take years upon years, and Bethesda has to make sure they get it right, because if it's another Fallout 76, a lot of people are going to be angry. <laughs> yeah, they want to make sure they don't do that again. But those are the only, the only other two that I had were those. Okay, and then I'll just, uh, this is only a rumor, it's not confirmed, but the 35th anniversary of Mario's coming up, he is officially going into his mid-year crisis, I'd say, (laughs) and Nintendo wants to re-release a bunch of his games, and they're announcing a whole bunch of new games coming out, this is all rumored, nothing's for fact, Right. but there's a lot of rumors saying that they're going to be re-releasing onto the Switch a lot of the older games, whether it's Super Mario 64 super mario sunshine super mario galaxy one and two uh and they're the rumor is they're going to release it or people are hoping they're going to release it in a super mario all-stars game type of way where all those games are of one disc you pay a flat you know 60 bucks to have all of those games and mario 3d world will get its own deluxe edition that'll get released for the switch and there's rumors that a new paper Mario will end up being uh, released as well. Yeah. Those uh, three bundled together are the one I'm most interested in. Like I'd love to have a, a remaster of Mario 64 and also galaxy, but I'm surprised that they're not doing like the galaxy one and two on its own. Yeah, it's it. I feel like Nintendo's different from the way they would have released something with the Wii. Because I know on the Wii they did the All-Stars where you had all those games. But they were much smaller games. And not that the games are bigger now. Or those, uh, you know, those games that we said are not big in file size. But I feel like on your Switch, you know, this thing's selling like hotcakes. You can't get one right now. Yep. My brother, who recently got a Switch, had to order it at 4 a.m. and had to <laughs> and had to drive a good, I believe, 30 to 45 minutes to a store to get a Switch for himself. So you, Nintendo knows that their system is selling so incredibly well, and it's hard to get because of this because of COVID nineteen. But they, I think they're going to release them all separately. Yeah, if, if I had to guess, I could see that, and I'd honestly be okay with that as long as they're not trying to charge sixty dollars for each one. Like I, that's going to be too much. I couldn't see them charging sixty for Super Mario sixty four or Super Mario Sunshine. That's yeah. what I want to say. I believe you could bundle those two together and maybe claim a forty to sixty dollar price tag because it is Super Mario. These games have always reviewed very well and have stood kind of stood the test of time. Uh, right. Super Mario Galaxy. I believe you could put that on its own disc and probably charge 60 the 3D world, which is one of my favorite Super Mario's. I have so many good memories from the Wii U version of that game because I'm the only one that played the Wii U version. <laughs> yeah, I never played that one. But 
that's that's where we're at with Super Mario. I'm really happy they've announced that a new Paper Mario could be coming out because I loved that RPG style of thing. Yeah, that could be a, um, something that would sell very, very well. I mean, those those other remakes are obviously going to sell well for sure. But a new Paper Mario could could absolutely kill it for them. That could be their big title they needed for maybe this fall or something like that. Yeah, I've I hope Nintendo's not going to money gouge everybody with with these things, but with with the way their system's selling and the way people are such a craze fanatic about their first party titles, whether it's Super Mario, whether it's Legend of Zelda, or whether or not it's Pokemon, they can charge a decent amount of money. Yeah. Uh, and st- and people will still buy it regardless. Yeah. I mean even if even if they were crazy and made super mario 64 60 dollars there's people are still gonna buy it let's be honest (laughs) i may not jump at that price but i think a lot of people probably still would yeah a a part of me hopes that it's just going to be 40 i believe though with that this like with this sort of news that a nintendo 64 classic probably is very unlikely yeah uh with them announce with if this is true you know super mario 64 would be a big reason why you would get an N64 classic. Uh, there are plenty of other games, of course, that could go on an N64 classic, but if you're going to release one of its biggest ones and re-release it on Switch, I think that kills that rumor. Yeah, it could. I mean, they also did the the Super Nintendo classic and then also put Super Mario World on the uh, their emulation software on the Switch too, though. So it's possible they could still do both. We'll see. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. You got any other news? No, those are the two pieces I had. Uh, I, it doesn't surprise me to hear that QuakeCon and everything like that has been canceled just yep. because everything seems like it's getting canceled. Any type of event is being canceled. But uh, this this is the this is the strange world and area we all live in right now. If uh, yep. everybody's encouraged to stay at home and not go anywhere. Yeah, I mean, right now it's okay, but I was just thinking even for somebody like us and our podcast, if we get to the point where, you know, a couple months from now, there's no new movies, there's no new games. It's going to be a pretty boring time. So hopefully we don't come to that. Yeah. You know, at least it'll be kind of hard to talk about final fantasy next week because we usually record this on a Saturday and final fantasy will be released on a Friday. So we'll have early impressions, but nothing more than that. Yeah, it'll take probably a good another week after that for us to really get into it. Yeah. So then uh, we'll go ahead and head into the games played section, which luckily I do have some I do have some reviews on. I'm not sure what you game what games have you been playing now that I think about it. <laughs> I have quite a few, so if you want to go ahead, go for it. So games I've been playing is I played and beat the Panzer Dragoon remake, uh, mm-hmm. that is available only on Switch. Uh, Persona 5 Royal, I put the time needed in order to give an opinion on this game, so I can do that. And an update on my Grand Blue uh, Fantasy Versus. All right. I play the fighting anime game. Uh, I have, I now have reviews on Panzer Dragoon and Grand Blue Fantasy, and then a first impressions on Persona 5. So those, that, that's what I've been playing this week. Okay. And also to kind of get it out of the way, neither one of us picked up uh, Resident Evil 3, right? No, not yet. For me, I'm not as big of a fan as Resident Evil. And what I'm hearing, too, is that this 
this game in a way is not as long as resident evil 2 this resident evil 3 i'm hearing the play times closer to five to six hours really so uh that that's what a lot of them are saying on how to beat it a friend of mine uh got the game yesterday and he beat it in one day really so that's interesting uh, I, and I think that's probably why they released this Resident Evil Resistance thing with it, maybe to give people a reason to play longer. But uh, for me, Resident Evil Three is going to be something I have to wait until it probably goes down to forty or thirty bucks. Yeah, that's what I would then, think. Thirty dollars is I'd probably fair. Yeah, so hopefully we'll play that at a later on date. I just it's not a game I'm going to rush out and spend sixty bucks on for sure. All right. So what games have you been playing then? Uh, so we both kind of barely dipped into the Borderlands DLC. Um, maybe like the first two missions. So still early on in that. Um, I do have some opinions to get off my chest about the final boss in Doom. Okay. And uh, I jumped back into NBA 2K20. Also, I was playing Darksiders Genesis. And then I did get a message uh thursday asking us to play subnautica and get our opinions on that so it's it's on game pass i have a very early on opinion i played it for a couple hours so if you want to jump on that as well we can talk about it more next week but i have a little bit as far as that goes since we got requested to play it i'll put yeah i can yeah if if it's on game pass i'll I'll subdue myself to Subnautica. (laughs) yeah i've only ever seen the pretty cover art of it so this this should be interesting so our first request so we have to actually put some time into it it's not normally my type of game but we'll get into that so if you want to go ahead for the fans we'll for the fans we'll do it we'll get right we'll get into it so i I'm first going to give my opinion on Panzer Dragoon Remake. It's okay. digital, as I said, only 25 bucks on the eShop. What turned me on to this game during their E3 presentation at first was that it seemed a lot like Star Fox 64. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was an airplane, you're, you know, you're the pilot, you're shooting around at enemies, and I really liked Star Fox 64. That, that game brings back a lot of good childhood memories, and I was hoping that Panzer Dragoon would do that for me okay a little bit of a history on it is sega saturn uh sorry panzer dragoon released on the second sega saturn march 10th 1995 so this is a remake of a pretty old game one year after i was born so i have no recollection of the sega saturn or anything like that with this game so it was me dipping my toe into this my opinions are pretty mixed on it uh it's it's a, it takes three hours to complete. It's just, I believe, seven or eight missions, and the levels are only maybe ten minutes length each. So it was, it's very, it's a very quick game to get done. It does not take a while to to finish it. It also plays like an arcade where you get graded on each episode and you get continues. If you lose all those continues, you're done. You have to start all the way over from episode one. Okay. Interesting. Which I'm I'm not the biggest fan of that type of thing, especially for me. I feel like there's a lot more on the line because I've never played this type of game. I don't. I uh, I was afraid to lose all my lives and then have to go back and play the whole thing over. Which me saying that makes it sound more of a drag. And to finish this game in a way, it kind of was. 
Okay. <laughs> it the this game's opening and I was really looking for a Star Fox 64 type of feel to it. While it has a lot of the same flying and shooting controls, it really lacks character. In Star Fox 64, you know, you are playing Fox McCloud, you have Peppy, Slippy, and Falco as your as your co-pilots and you're going through these worlds trying to, you know, save them to get to a a better ending almost. If you keep your whole crew alive during that game, you get, you know, the best ending. But if some of your crew dies or if you don't take a secret path, you go to these other planets that give you a different campaign experience, which really led toward the replayability of Star Fox 64. Right. This game doesn't have that. (laughs) This game just is episode and episode and episode. There is no voice acting. It's they only maybe say, you know, it's it's kind of hard to explain how they talk but it's just kind of mumblings where you could maybe make out what they're saying in the subtitles which they give you there okay. there's a real lack of direction as well because the controls they don't they don't teach you really how to control the game if i hadn't looked at other reviews i would not have known that it's currently when you first start the game it is on its classic setting where you move the dragon and the your reticle moves with it so you're both moving with each other and then there's the b button to shoot had i not known that there is you could change the controls and give it a more modern approach where you move with the left analog stick and aim with the right and then shoot with one of the back buttons Mm. it this game would have been a lot harder for me uh i was definitely struggling because this game doesn't tell you a lot this game is really banking on the fact that you've played the first one and you have a nostalgia reason to play this. Right. I don't I don't have the nostalgia reason to play it. So I feel like that I it's not this game has merits, you know, it did give me sort of the feels of Star Fox 64, but if you've never played this game before, it's not it's it's not something that someone's going to enjoy. Yeah. I know this game ha- like all the Panzer Dragoon games have a cult following. So I'm sure like the people who enjoy it are going to buy it again, just like any other remake. But it seems like a lot of the remakes recently, it's fallen into that same kind of category where if you don't like it or you never played it originally, there's really no reason. Like for me, when Medieval came out on PS4, that remake last year, I was all about it because I played it so much as a kid. But from an outside, like just looking at it as a remake, it's not the greatest, so... Definitely doesn't surprise me, I will say. Yeah, so yeah. Hard pass for you. Yeah, if I if I was going to rate the game, it is going to be a pass because a lot of our demographic that listens to this game has never pl- or listens to this podcast has never played Panzer Dragoon. Yeah. If you're looking for a Star Fox 64 adventure, just stick with Star Fox 64. Don't go spending your money on this game. I I really did want to like it and I did I did try to do research and find maybe why this game has such an occult following. But if you're playing this for the nostalgia reasons, that that's going to be the main reason to play. Okay. So not even, I mean, 25 bucks isn't a whole lot, but not even at that price point, is it worth it then? Unless you've played before, obviously. Yeah. If it was maybe 20 or 15, I would not uh, feel as uh, I, maybe I'd be a little bit lighter on this game. But 25 bucks is close to a 
you know, half the price of a triple A game. Yeah. And on top of that, this I did not realize getting into this is only a three hour experience. You can finish <laughs> it in you could finish it in maybe an hour and a half or two hours if you're good. I'm bad at that game. Mm-hmm. I will I will subject myself to being a bad gamer. And uh, that's I don't think you can do that. You have to be a professional. No. You have to be good. I know, but <laughs> I have to realize when I suck at games like this. And all right, all right. And th- this is a game that I think I think I'm not good at, and that's why I did not have as much fun. Okay. Um. Let me get. Let me get the Doom stuff out of the way, since this is like the third week I've talked about it. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> just to finish it up here, I did already give it a rating, but I did finish the last boss um there's actually two final bosses there's like a person that you think is the main boss and then the actual final boss but i'm not even going to talk about the other boss just the final boss in general was just a straight up terrible experience for me if you think back like old games final bosses it's literally there's two forms to it so we're going back to that style uh, where they have final forms, but he is uh, completely covered in armor and he's this big, gigantic, he looks like a bull. Um, so he's completely covered in armor. He has eight spots on his body that when you hit, they flash red, just like an older game, like a Doom game, basically. And you have to shoot the armor in all eight spots until it goes away. And then once that goes it goes to its second form where it's just its flesh. And then you have to shoot each eight spots again until his flesh goes away. And it's just like skeleton and that kind of stuff. And that's how you kill them, which is okay. It seems a little lazy to me, but on top of that, while he's just kind of standing there and shooting at you and throwing projectiles at you, they just take every enemy you've faced in the game so far and just continuously spawn them to have them attack you the whole time. And that's their final boss. And it was just so, it wasn't like extremely hard Uh, at the end, near the end of the game, you get a sword and the sword basically is a one hit kill on normal enemies. And they give you, they give you enough ammo that continuously respawns that you can run around with your sword and kill the lesser enemies and then switch back and shoot the boss. So it wasn't like it was, too hard it was just over the top it just took so much time and it was so boring just to shoot him a couple times run around kill everybody with the sword shoot him a couple times and just over and over and it took me a good i'm gonna say probably half hour to 45 minutes to beat him it just seems so almost lazy to do it that way the the first doom the final boss was also a big gigantic guy but it was I think it had multiple forms as well, but it was just you versus him basically with a little bit of enemies thrown in and that they were there basically. So you could refill your ammo by like chainsawing them and that kind of stuff. But man, it was, I know I wasn't super high in this game. I was, you know, enjoying it for the most part, but man, that final boss, I was like, man, this is, this is just obnoxious. So final impressions after the final boss pass. (laughs) Okay. That's yep. I'm going to downgrade it. Okay, as I say, I don't think you're allowed to do that in gaming journalism either. You're not allowed to change opinions. Too bad, it made me mad. 
ending a lot of people will say that the ending is paramount and it seems like it definitely the ending did not satisfy you in no. whichever way it was supposed no. to you know doom is supposed to the story was fine the final boss looked cool it just the way they did it was just stupid so i'm done talking about it i'm never going to talk about it again it's over all right Here. i'll leave this I'll, I'll leave the store subject alone yep, i understand when subject. i should <laughs> all right back to you all right i will go ahead i'll save persona 5 impressions for last i'm going to go ahead and give a give a solid opinion on grand blue fantasy versus the fighting game which i'll say i i'm not good at fighting games either this is the first time i've really tried to dive and get good and learn more about the fighting game genre all right uh, if I'm going to come out and say that it's kind of difficult to review this because Grand Blue Fantasy Versus is very, very fun for somebody who has never played fighting games. I really enjoy this game because it it's it makes things easy for me to understand. But the moment I go online, I'm getting trashed. Uh, I am because people know how to juggle and people know how to do these one frame things and people know about frame data. I mm-hmm. haven't done that much research into this type of fighting game, but I'm really enjoying Grand Blue Fantasy in single player or you, when you're playing with a friend. I'm really enjoying Grand Blue Fantasy versus when I'm doing that. But the moment I go online, it is a completely different atmosphere to to playing and it's and of course it's going to be like that because the fighting game community, if you're playing online, you usually know what you're doing or you're in the process of learning. I've given online about 20 times to try. Every time I learn something new, I go back into it. I haven't won a game. <laughs> I've, uh, I should say I haven't won matches. I've won a couple rounds, but I never win the game. Okay. Uh, and it's, it's just because, you know, people understand this game a lot better than I do. Uh, if, as a new fighting game fan, I'm enjoying this. I would say if, if you want something new to jump into, it's a buy for me because I am having so much fun playing the single player. I had enough fun that I'm buying it. I'm buying the character pass because I want to see what different characters come out, how they play because each of these characters is, is a lot of fun. It's, it's a different thing to learn. Each character has a different way of playing and I'm just, I'm just enjoying it. It's just fun. And that's what I'm looking for. Uh, in a in a fighting game in the fighting game genre that I don't have a lot of experience in mm-hmm. if it's fun and I can have fun playing single player on my own I think that merits it enough for enough to buy okay I think I the problem with fighting games for me has always been that if I find a fighting game I really like I really liked uh, Soul Calibur back in the day I'm a big fan of Marvel versus Capcom uh, Street Fighter you know is okay for me my issue has always been playing the single player is always great but there's no middle ground because once you're done with the single player and you don't want to play that anymore and you go online it's not fun anymore and there's nothing in between it's either you stick to single player and play the computer or play your friends sometimes which that isn't really even a thing anymore um (laughs) or you go online and just never win a game because you didn't put in the 200 hours to learn and that to me that's what always has turned me off so until a game comes along that can kind of bridge the gap maybe a little bit better. That would be something that would probably bring me back in. I did watch the trailer for this game though. Cause I was interested. It reminds me of uh, fire emblem characters. Not going to lie. Uh, well, that's, that's probably why I played it. <laughs> yeah. I saw the characters and I was like, yep, this is right up your alley. 
Yeah, the the main thing I will say too about the game, and that's really the only negative, is that this game's tutorial is not. It's when it says tutorial, it's not trying. It's trying to teach you more basic techniques that they want you to end up playing the RPG mode to learn. So you have to go through the entire RPG mode, which it's long. It's and it can be sometimes a drag because. I think Mortal Kombat does story mode the best yes. in in these types of games. You know, there's a lot of flashy cutscenes. There's a lot of, you know, bosses or characters that you're fighting up against. And it makes it, they have a big enough character cast to do that. This Grand Blue Fantasy Versus game, I think it really only starts out with 10 maybe characters. So there isn't all of these characters that you can pin against each other and have them fight and then go on to the next big cutscene or jump around in the story. That's what Grand Blue Fantasy doesn't have for it yet. Maybe later in time it will, if it's popular enough to warrant, you know, a second game. Okay. All right. So we have to wait and see. So is it a, as you said, it was a buy? Yeah, I say it's a buy. If you, if you are, if you're a seasoned vet into fighting games, you're going to like it. And if you're new into fighting games, this game doesn't have all these complex 15 button combos in order to do a flashy finisher. This game in, in the actual booklet, it just shows you all of the, all the combos you can do with it anyway. And in game will show you more advanced combos. If you want, if you want to learn further into it. So then, and that's why I really like this game. You know, the, the controls are easy enough and I don't have to remember 15 button combos when I already remember 700 plus Pokemon. So <laughs> you just don't have room to remember my everything. <laughs> yeah. My brain can't handle it, unfortunately. All right. Um, so I did jump back into NBA. Also, they added near automata onto game pass. So I'm jumping back into that again for like the fourth time. Um, so nothing too new about that. I don't think I've ever talked about it on the podcast, but I really enjoy that game. Uh, NBA, I got dragged back into, uh, I bought it when it came out, which was October, I think of last year. And I played it for about two, three weeks doing the, my player, same thing I do every year. And then I fell off, but had a couple of people who now have more time on their hands who are jumping back into it, which in turn has dragged me back into it. Uh, there isn't a whole lot that's changed. If you haven't played the My Player before, it's literally there just to take your money. That's what 2K does. <laughs> <laughs> um, that hasn't changed in probably five or six years. But I still enjoy you know, playing the games in the park, playing the season mode to get my character up there. I think he's up to a, little, a 90 right now. Um, obviously, okay. nine, 99 would be the top. But if you think about just to put it in perspective, I bought the $100 version because it comes with the virtual currency. Uh, it comes with 100,000 virtual currency, which is what you use to upgrade your character. And I think that gets you, you started at 65. So that 100,000, I think, got me up to like an 82 or 83. Okay. Uh, so then I also bought another $20 of VC, which took me up to about a 86. And then now that I jumped back into it, I spent another $20, which got me up to about the 90. And then the rest of the rest of the way is you can't really pay your way anymore past that point. You're just grinding it out, playing a bunch of games to get up to 99. But, you know, that's $140 that I put into this game. And the majority of people who play that game consistently are putting at least that much into it. So it's definitely a 
gigantic cash cow for 2K, and I don't think they're ever going to change the way they do my player just because they know how much money they're going to make. And people complain about it every year, but they still pay it. And I'm one of them, so I can't really say too much on that. But it's a good time. If you enjoy basketball, it's fun playing. Playing in the park with your friends has always been a good time. There's other stuff they've thrown in there. You have a daily uh, wheel that you spin that gives you free stuff. You have yeah, the literal casino type yes. mini yeah. games that yep. I've they, seen. They have uh, frisbee golf. Uh, man, you can buy like bikes and skateboards and scooters. There's just so many things. They're always doing different contests, so they you know they keep you busy. And there's enough there that you could play that game for hours every day and have enough to do. And I'm sure some people do. It's just for me, it's it's been nice to kind of go back for a couple hours here and there and play and not get super heavy into it like I used to and just spending all my money. But, you know, it's it's also on Game Pass now. So if you have an Xbox, you can play it for free, which is kind of cool. Yeah, you got to make sure you have the space for it, though, because these <laughs> NBA 2K games are hundreds of gigabytes. Yeah, I think it's like 120, 130 gigs, something like that. It's it's crazy. Jesus. Yep. All right, what else you got? So as I will do my big reveal, as everybody wants my Persona 5 Royal uh, first impressions, I am, and I'll preface this, I beat the original game. I beat it when it initially came out and I haven't played it since then. I didn't go and replay anything for, for the reason that I knew they were going to do a Royal game. They've done it or a definitive type edition. They did it for persona four. I think they did it for persona three. I okay. think I can't, for, I don't know five, for sure. PS three or is it just PS four? It was just PS four. It wasn't that long ago, right? It was two years. Two years ago, I believe, is when the game initially came out. With Persona 5, I'm really surprised that I'm continuing to enjoy this game and how much stuff in the game feels newer. I think that's going to be the first thing that surprises people about having finished the old one. You would think that this game, which is in all respective purposes a rehash with some added content, that playing this game would get repetitive or feel boring as of right now and i'm a good three four hours into the game i haven't experienced that at all i'm having a lot of fun replaying the game because i will admit a lot of it i probably had forgotten but i am enjoying all the new things that they've added there's a lot of quality of life to this game that they've added that i'm i'm just enjoying the game even more now so they add anything new story-wise or not? Okay. So they did. Uh, when you were originally playing the game, they kind of separated each boss right. into a semester of your of you playing the game. It, they've now added another semester where you now have added another character. Her name is Kasumi. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Sorry <laughs> if I'm butchering it. But uh, she is one of the ones that has been all over the marketing campaign for this game. And I'm surprised with how they're trying to work her on. I've seen her now several times in the first three hours of this game. And the tutorial part where they teach you everything, they added her in there. I'm the stuff that they added, which is all quality of life stuff, I believe has only enhanced my experience of this game. If, if I were to tell people to try buying like one of the two versions right now, I definitely say Royale 
or royal. <laughs> Keep yeah. gonna say royale. But Persona Five, it all the new stuff it's added. You, there are things like. You know in JRPGs when you have to go back to another area and you're already five times stronger than the enemies, but you still mm-hmm. have to go into battle with them and fight them. In this game, they added the fact that if if it knows you got it, it you're just going to run over the monster and get the experience and the item you and oh, that's like cool. a random item. So it makes playing this game faster. It makes you have more options in making your own decisions, having the characters make their own decisions when you're fighting uh, these personas or demons is what I'll put them as. But I've always, I, I like this JRPG game. You know, this is a hundred hour plus game. When I at least played it, it was that long and I'm playing it on a harder okay. difficulty now. And there there are these new areas that they've added where you know you can hang out with your team in this entire like it's called the phantom thieves den i believe and it's where you can show off accomplishments in the game rewatch cutscenes, earn extra stuff there's a new city in the area name there's a new city in the game kichi joji <laughs> where it's you can and i know i'm pronouncing that right so you can't make fun <laughs> right. of me for it so there and there's new ways to bond with your fellow phantom thieves i'm after reading a lot of the reviews and this game is scoring very well on metacritic i know ign gave it a 10 Mm -hmm. as a masterpiece so and i feel like it's kind of for that game it's kind of hard to give it a 10 because you've already played the original one but people people are liking it this much i am not the only one that feels and is enjoying replaying this game interesting i mean i I never finished the original one but i did enjoy what i played so could entice me yeah yeah and one of the things that i will say and what i'm what i might be scared of later in the game is this new character and i'm not sure if this is true or not but there have been rumors going around and i haven't confirmed them myself because i don't want to get spoiled on it myself but that the new character kind of comes into your game and then leaves um, and then leaves the game and then eventually comes back, which is sort of weird to, you know, have a character you, you, you know, you become attached with these characters and then they leave and then they may never come back or they do. And I can't confirm whether or not any of that has happened. And I really wouldn't be able to tell you until I get further into the game, which as I mentioned, this is a hundred plus our jrpg and we also mentioned last week that you have a week to get it done before final fantasy comes out (laughs) exactly so i'm i'm trying to spend and get as much time as i can with the game and next week i will definitely have a full you know buy rent pass on it but i think i think from the way i'm explaining it now i could probably just say right now that unless this game does a doom (laughs) boss to you that I'm gonna I'm gonna say this is a buy. If you've never played Persona Five, this is the definitive way to play it. the The style in this game, and if you played a little bit of it, Craig, you know that this game is very yep. very stylish. It's seamless in almost all of its transitions. It it does a lot of things that other JRPGs would annoy me about, whether it's super long loading times or really useless type things in here but hanging out with your teammates 
benefits your stats, benefits their stats, doing and spending time in the city, whether it's going to the gym benefits your character, or going to watch a movie will benefit the stats in your social life, which which therefore makes you better in the game later on. So doing all of these things in this game, I've always been surprised with how Persona 5 makes makes you feel like everything counts and you really don't want to miss that portion of the game or you don't want to miss doing something because it may unlock this super overpowered ability later so that's i'm gonna say that from my early impressions right now it is a buy and next week when i have my review it probably still will be a buy because i probably won't have finished the game because there's no way i can get 100 hours exactly I'll hold you to the buy though next week. I won't let you change it like I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I've, I'm going to okay. stick to my guns here. Uh, I started playing Darksiders Genesis, um, third game in the Darksiders series, I believe. Uh, the first Darksiders was one of my favorite games for Xbox 360 when that came out back in the day. Second one was. Pr- What's up? This is, this is technically. Is it I four? Think the okay. Fourth. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yep, we've three came out, and that one was death. terrible. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, this one cool. is a prequel to the first Darksiders. Um, they switched it up, going from the typical third-person action adventure game. This is now a top-down kind of like a Diablo. Uh, since it's a prequel, you do still have War, which was the main character from the first Darksiders. But then they also introduce a new character, which is his brother Strife. So you get to play as both of them. Uh, this, yeah. So you can oh, switch okay. back and forth between the two of them while you're playing. Uh, it's just like a button press, and then you also have uh, their horses that you can ride on. That's like you hit the top two bumper buttons, and you'll jump on your horse. There are some areas on the maps that you can't be on your horse for, but you have your typical. Uh, light attack, heavy attack, and then you also have your your guns, which are your ranged weapons. But it's it's a Diablo-type game at its heart. And at least from what I've played, I put probably four or five hours in so far. It's Diablo, and there's been how many games that have done that style? And most of the games have done better than this has, at least from what I can tell. I really like Darksiders. I like the story. I like the characters and that kind of thing, but this is just, it's not anything new. And if I'm going to play this type of game, I'm going to stick to Diablo because it, it controls better, especially on a console. Diablo 3 on console was fantastic. So, you know, the whole time I'm playing this, I just can't help but think that, you know, Diablo 3 on console is just that much better. Everything they've done is better. Uh, the button layout and the control is much better. So I'm still going to give it a little bit more time. But as of right now, this is going to be a, probably a pass for me just because there's so many other games in this style besides diablo you have the van helsing games which are very good and there's a bunch more that i'm probably blanking on the names for but there's just better games out there yeah one of the reasons that i've i've been always hesitant about the dark sider series and i played the first one and i really did love it i really did love yeah. the first one as well it brings me to almost like a god of war type of action mm-hmm. game with that first one and I know what's kind of scary about getting into the series is the fact that we don't know if we're going to get the huge payoff with with this game because uh, Darksiders 2 was then took yeah. years to make. 
and then it took even longer to revive three and three didn't yeah. sell well either and with Gen, it's called dark yep. Siders genesis right it now you're on the fourth horseman which is strife and i'm just inter you know if if fans of the series get their big finale i feel like this game will then be worth it for a lot of people but i don't we don't you don't know how this game ends i don't know how right. this game ends yet but people people want to know like what started that whole like lore to you know framing war about uh whatever cataclysmic event yep. and i'm i'm really surprised <laughs> i'm remembering as much as yeah, i have a long this time game ago. right now it, and if they get the big payoff then that's great and then maybe i could jump back into that series because you can get darksiders 2 and darksiders 3 for probably less than yeah. 30 bucks yeah probably I guess uh because because they sell so cheap now but I, I want to know that you can get the big ending to whatever this mysterious, you know, plot of the. It's just so strange to me is. that the first one was, uh, you know, a cult hit, right? It, it was a very good game. I don't think it sold well at first, but it did later. The second one was like the bridge between last gen consoles and this console because it was on both and it did well, too. And it was a very good game. Third one got buried and then finally came out and it was eh, it was OK. Uh, but it was just strange to me that they would switch and go to a top-down Diablo style. I don't know if they were just looking for something different to distance themselves from the third one, but it's just weird to, you know, you have it established as this type of action-adventure game, kind of almost like a God of War or a a Zelda or something like that, to just go to a Diablo is just a weird choice, I think. Yeah, it might have something to do with budget, most likely, uh, with trying to meet demands of getting all that stuff out. And Strife had only been recently introduced in the third game. Uh, I have seen cutscenes and have spoiled that game for (laughs) myself because I knew I wasn't going to play it because the the reviews of it. But I did want to see the storyline continue, of course, for, for that series. So it's just a matter of now what what the payoff is and whether or not they link this back to anything that has yeah. to do with Genesis. And also, I don't know if you want to just go over real quick, the borderlands DLC, at least the beginning that we got into. Yeah. The borderlands DLC, Craig and I are running into the problem of that. <laughs> it's kind of getting hard to get through yeah. this game. Sometimes um, the, the jokes kind of land flat. I am liking the characters so far mm-hmm. uh, in this game the world that you get sent to a whole new world in this game for Wainwright and I forget his name. (laughs) Um, It's wedding. And it's this Cthulhu type world where there's, you know, summoners, octopus type things. It's, it's all very, uh, I I forget what kind of, what's the word that describes this type of, uh, horror or theme like there's a theme to this Cthulhu yeah. thing and i can't remember the word for it but I, and i've i've you know from what I, i've read they have said that this dlc is the first time that the ending boss is very very good so that gives me a little bit of hope but, but it's just of looking at it and being like man going through another probably five or six hours of just meaningless missions of just go here kill this bring this back i don't know if i really want to do that again 
Yeah, I'm the, I'm interested to see yeah. how far we make it. And in all honesty, I really won't be surprised if we have a, a if by next this time next week we've only put in another <laughs> yep. couple hours and still haven't finished it. But I from friends that have played this game that I know that love Borderlands, they do like this storyline, but I think it's because they've bought into the Borderlands thing more than Probably. we ever have. And I explained in my game of the year discussion that Borderlands 3 wasn't in my top 10 because I don't have that connection to Borderlands of finishing all of them, understanding all of the lore. This was the first one I finished. Borderlands 3 was the first one I finished because I had someone to play with that stayed on the same level that Uh I was. A lot of the times, because whether whether or not it's because I'm working or I'm doing something else... The partner or whoever you're playing with decides to go further than you in the story. And then it's at that point, it's, oh, why do I want to go back and replay that is what your friend says. And it's like, oh, well, then I guess we're not playing again. (laughs) Yep. That's it for Borderlands. So, I mean, I'm sure we'll get to it and we'll have a better answer as far as what we think. It just might take a little bit of time. Yeah. Uh, One thing before we do get into our... uh, our TV shows and movies that we've taken in for this week. The one other game that I just did remember that I have been playing with a couple friends is a a computer game called Mm -hmm. GTFO. And it is the survival horror. And I know (laughs) I don't like horror, but this game, I don't find scary at the moment. I'll say it is a four player survival shooter, like puzzle type game. It has a lot of genres in it, but uh, and I'm only going to give early impressions because I only played for the one day for a couple hours with a couple of my friends and my brother, and then we haven't played since. But the game is very difficult, and I kind of like the tension that it gives because it's, in a lot of ways, it's Resident Evil-like because you don't have a lot of ammo. In a lot of ways, it's Dead Space-like because you have all of these horrific monsters. In a lot of ways, it's kind of like a puzzle-solving zelda game because you have to it you have to go underground and complete these missions and in order to get to certain doors you need a card or you need to do a certain thing so and i know i'm being very vague but it's because i haven't played the game enough to to really express my thoughts in a Mm -hmm. concrete way but the if if people are looking for a way during this quarantine time to have you know fun and tension in a game and if you have a computer that can play gtfo it's i believe 35 bucks and I, i'd say it's a fun time it uh i know more now more than ever everybody's looking for a game to play with their friends because they're all stuck at home or they're all looking for something to do with each other if you're a computer gamer of uh, th- this i think this is a good choice if you're trying to you know maybe forget the entire world is falling apart <laughs> yeah and it does kind of look like a left for dead almost too yeah and that that's even that too it's almost okay. like a left for dead yeah it sounds interesting i might have to check it out i don't know if my computer for say would run it but this is something i could also see coming to console eventually yeah, it. Uh, I and I think it will. I think it will definitely come to console because uh, right now it is in early access, so I don't even have to give it a review right okay. now. Okay. Okay. So, 
I just I wanted to mention that game because it's uh every, you know it's it's something to play with friends that right. makes you. And I also throw in just real quick for Subnautica if you're gonna check it out as well too. Um, it's the type of game where you know they drop you in and you know you're 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 up in space and you jump in an escape pod and you crash land on an alien planet and you're literally in the water. So you have your escape pod that's floating in the water. That's your home base. You can see the the spaceship that you were in crash landed not too far away from you, but you can't get to it right away because of radiation. And it's the type of game. It's a survival game, um, you know, where you got to heart, you know, get stif- different stuff from out of the water, bring it back to your pod and use it to manufacture different parts. Uh, I'm not normally a fan of games that drop you somewhere and don't tell you what to do. I like a little bit of structure in my games, but again, since it got requested, I'm trying to stick with it. It's just very, you know, you have your list of things that you need to get done and really no idea. It'll tell you the parts that you need, but that's about it. And they don't tell you where to find them, but I am going to stick with it. It is entertaining. So if you jump into it too, then that gives me more incentive to keep trying it at least. Yeah. Right after the podcast, (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and download it. Uh, just just so I get a head start on that type of thing. And we'll go into movies and shows. And I've really only consumed, and this is right before the podcast, I watched episode one of Tiger King, which no one can shut up about. Yes, uh, I have that on my list. Uh, <laughs> Tiger King is a... And it, I was watching it with my roommate, and they said, it's a giant mess you can't That's look away That's very accurate. From. Uh, the, the pilot episode, which is all I've had, uh, is all I've gotten to watch so far is, has dragged me in, which I know is what it's supposed to do. That's what a pilot's supposed to do is, you know, give you, especially with a limited series documentary type thing like this, it wants you, it wants to drag you in with the first episode. So I'm interested to see how the other episodes go and if they're that kind of action packed, but if I have to give my opinion on a first episode right now, it and everything I've heard, like Joe Exotic doesn't seem like a bad guy, <laughs> at least not yet. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I know he mm-hmm. he got sent to jail. You know, that is in the first episode with having a conspiracy to kill Carol Baskin. <laughs> yeah. But this this show is jumping around between these three very different of let's say zoo owners of big cats, whether it's tigers, lions, or etc and they all really have a different philosophy in a way that they run their zoos and that's that's definitely what i'm getting yeah. interested in every everything i've heard says you know carol baskin's <laughs> this horrible person and i'm waiting to mm-hmm. get to that point because i've only watched the so first i've been dragging my feet on this too because when something like this comes out and it hit at the perfect time because everybody's looking for something to watch at home when it gets this big, this quick, and it's all you see on social media, it tends to make me not want to watch it because I'm so annoyed by seeing all of it. But I did, you know, force myself to sit down and I am only I finished two episodes, so I'm one ahead of you. And it is true that first episode brings you in and you're like, man, this is a crazy story. And then I just finished the second episode last night and it's just like even more stuff. It just goes off in a completely different direction, which is crazy. So if they keep doing that, it's definitely an interesting watch and I get why everybody's so obsessed with it. And I would think I'll probably have it done by, you know, next time we talk. And I would assume you probably will too. 
so we can have our full impressions on it since we're a little late to the party. Yeah, and with with you watching as many movies as you were last week, you know, I I definitely think that we, we've earned a pass <laughs> yeah. with trying to to keep up to keep up with all mm-hmm. the media right now. So yeah, like uh, th- this is this is an em- this show has enamored me in a way that I didn't expect it to, but uh, you know, ne- Netflix knows what they're doing. They're releasing all of these things, and they. Netflix obviously knows that I'm in quarantine because they've put out a new season of Nailed It, which <laughs> yep. is a cooking show. And if you haven't watched it, it's hilarious. Nailed It is great. Sure. Yep. Uh, and there's a new season of that. So now I'm going to watch that season too and probably binge it all on Sunday. Yeah, tomorrow, and there's so. a uh, there's a show that I just started getting into as well. I'm going to have to look it up real quick because I'm blanking on the name. Um, give me one second. I think it has to do with rebuilding cars. And for whatever reason, those shows always pull me in. I don't know why. Like, I, I have no desire to build cars at all. Um, okay. Car Masters is what it's called. Rust to Riches. So I've okay. been digging into that. It's basically he operates on the concept with his shop that he's going to get a car for cheap. They're going to fix it up. They're going to trade it for a better car. They're going to fix that car up. And they keep trading cars up until they get to a car that's going to get them a six-figure payday. So over $100,000. And they just keep doing that over and over. And it's just, I guess it's different enough from your normal car show. And again, I don't know why these shows like get me so involved, but they always do. Uh, so that I've definitely been getting through that. They just added the second season. So I watched all of the first season. I'm about four or five episodes into the second season. So it's pretty good. Um, did you watch any movies at all? Cool. Just Tiger uh, King. I've watched a couple. I've watched a couple classics okay. on Disney Plus. I will say I I did watch Rise of Skywalker, but we have mm-hmm. seen that already. That came out this week. Uh, and I'm not sure if we shared our opinions, and I'll just give it. It's a so-so for me, Rise of Skywalker. Okay. Uh, but I won't, I won't get too far into that. <laughs> I already know that that's a hole that, that if I jump down, I'm not yeah. coming back up. I will from. say after watching it since it came out, since you know we saw it in theaters, that I in, I have more of a respect for it now, and I liked it. I like it more now than I did the first time I saw it. So I guess we went opposite ways on that. Yeah. I, I guess for me, like I only want certain things from the star Wars series and when it doesn't deliver the movie yeah. is kind of meh. So I uh, I'll watch it again just cause I like the whole entire star Wars series is uh, as a right. whole. And uh, if I'll just, uh, and that's, that's why it's meh for me. It's nothing that's okay. too strong. Uh, that's going to make me watch it mm-hmm. over and over again. But other than that, uh, I did watch the, uh, let's see here. I watched Aladdin, the okay. animated version. I then watched the second follow-up Aladdin. Fantastic. Far. <laughs> uh, and like, uh, I'm always fascinated by uh, like the drama that goes on with Disney, like with Robin Williams if you have never uh like watched it there is a youtuber named Lindsay ellis that does a deep dive on the drama between disney and robin williams and i just find it so fascinating because in return of jafar robin williams does not Mm -hmm. return his genie it's someone else and then after they kind of patch things up a little bit uh 
Robin Williams does come back to voice him in Aladdin, yeah. the third movie, which my roommate did not know there was King a third of Thieves, movie. Right? I love that exactly, movie. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's that's pretty much what I've watched. Uh, with that, I am going to watch Onward yes. now that it is available on Disney Plus, uh, and D- D- Disney knows exactly what it's doing. You know, I got Clone Wars during uh, during the entire quarantine here and you know what i'm gonna say this i'm gonna have right. a review next cool. next week for the entire <laughs> the whole War thing series the entire <laughs> animated thing i'm gonna sum it up in all right one podcast set aside four hours of deep discussion i guess <laughs> yeah it's gonna be a lot of silence and me okay. on, but i got it I, all right and then also i'm gonna be interested to see your onward take because i really like that movie um, I did knock out two movies this week, so it's not as many as I did last week, but also I think we're getting to the point where all the movies that they were going to put out on digital have come out. So we're going to hit a bit of a dry spell. Yeah. Uh, I've been sitting on the movie just mercy because it's a movie that I have to be in the right mindset for, and I haven't wanted to watch it. Uh, if you don't know, just mercy is about a man who, graduated from law school and then he goes to the south to defend people who were put on death row for wrong reasons and it's just the type of movie that is very i mean it's a depressing movie and again you want to be in the right mindset and want to watch something like that it is a very good movie it focuses on three men who are in death row um it's more of a they're put in there for racial reasons um, they were accused of murder and, you know, the one guy did actually kill someone, but he had mental issues. There was one who was two of them were convicted because the judge said they looked like they were guilty. Uh, so, and this is a true story. So it, it's a sad, sad movie it does have a happy ending for the most part. And, you know, they do hit you at the end with, you know, this is something that is still going on in the U S where people are put on death row, uh, falsely convicted and they sit there for years and years. I think the one guy I'm trying to remember if it was 30 or 40 years, I think it was 30 years. He sat on death row before they finally got him out. So it's just a, it's definitely a rent for me. These are the type of movies that I don't think you need to own. Cause it's not a movie you're going to watch over and over again, it, but it is something that is good to watch so that people know that this type of thing is still happening. And it's something that needs to be addressed. Um, but also on, I guess, a, a lighter note, I did watch the Impractical Jokers movie that they did. Um, do you watch the TV show at all? Okay. I have watched the TV show. I had a bunch of roommates that loved yeah. that series, so I, I inherently watched <laughs> Yeah, this episodes. is something that, you know, you know what you're going to get with this movie if you've watched the TV show at all. It's something that my wife hates watching the TV show because it makes her feel uncomfortable. And it's the same reason that I enjoy watching like the jackass movies and that kind of stuff. It's just, to me, I find it funny. Some people don't find it funny, especially with jackass. You're going to find those movies either extremely funny or you're going to think it's gross with the, with the impractical jokers. It's either you're going to find it extremely funny or extremely uncomfortable. Um, They do try to put a story behind this movie instead of them just doing a bunch of different challenges. It all revolves on, you know, how they met and how they came up with the idea, which was basically they snuck into a Paul Abdul concert in the nineties 
with uh, fake security jackets. And, you know, the whole story is based on Paula Abdul sees them in a restaurant in a Red Lobster now and invites them to come down to Miami to her, I guess, party because she loves the Impractical Jokers show. So the whole movie is them driving from Staten Island to Miami and just stopping at random places and doing these challenges and that kind of stuff. Nothing new if you know what the Impractical Jokers are. But for me, it was, you know, it was entertaining because I enjoy the show. It didn't do well in the movie theater. And I don't think it scored very well. And that's really no surprise. You're either going to like it or you're not. But if you're looking for something just to make you laugh for an hour and a half, it's a it's a rent for sure. Okay. Yep. But those are the only two that I watched. I kind of took a little bit of a break. I still have a couple of movies I've been sitting on that I'll probably get done this week. But after watching so many last week, I just needed to chill for a little bit and watch some Tiger King. <laughs> <laughs> Tiger King yep. going to be our escape. <laughs> yeah, it is. So uh, just look forward to next week's. We're going to have early impressions on Final Fantasy VII. I will have a a better a better idea for Persona 5 Royal. Uh, Tiger King we will have watched by then. I will have watched Onward by mm-hmm. this time as well. So look forward to next week's episode. I don't know how much news is going to come out. We kind of got lucky with The Last of Us being indefinitely delayed. And the Mentally prepare Mario. yourself. It'll be more things getting postponed. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, which unfortunately means we won't have right. as much to talk about. Uh, we'll also probably, and I will say, we also will have opinions on yes. Subnautica now that that's been uh, mm-hmm. requested of us. Don't get used to the requests <laughs> either. If we, if for whatever reason we start getting ten emails to play ten different games, it's gonna we'll, we'll get yeah, burned out. That's true, but one or two here and there isn't a bad idea. Yeah, and I know Subnautica isn't something that, like, it's not something that it's a 100-hour JRPG that I'm going to have to play while no. playing Persona 5. Yeah, you can hop in and out. So. All right. So we'll go with that. And, again, thank you, everybody, to listening to our podcast. Hard to believe we've done this now for five, what is almost, and it is six full yep. episodes as well. So thank you for supporting us as much as you have. Make sure that you continue to share it with the people you know. And if you like the content, to follow us on Instagram yep. and follow us on Twitter at high sensitivity as an HI. And also email us at the high, at high sensitivity podcast. You got it. Gmail. You got it right. Get that right. All right. I didn't even have to look at the same thing for the one. Instagram high sensitivity podcast. Perfect. So that's it from us, guys. And we will see you next time. If I ever see you later.